This episode of The Bittersweet Life is brought to you by Stackery. Stackery is the global leader in international parcel forwarding from the U.S. With Stackery.com, you can shop at any U.S. retailer and ship anywhere at prices up to 80% less than directly from the store. Stackery also provides free storage, same-day consolidation of your packages, and a tax-free U.S. address. As a Bittersweet Life listener, save 10% off your first shipment by using the coupon MANJA. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we're doing something kind of odd for both of us being in Rome. We are celebrating the Chinese New Year. Yeah, a couple months late. Not only like, <laughs> yeah, odd for being in Rome, but we're totally late. We're so far gone at this point. But you know, there's always a good reason to celebrate. Right. And even though Chinese New Year happens in February, the signs of the Zodiac, they're all year round. Right. That's exactly right. But Tiffany has a really interesting take on this topic. So you're like, where are we going with this? I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. So I wrote an article or a blog post about what to do in Rome based on your Chinese Zodiac sign. Based on what our personality types or based on what creature is our Zodiac sign? Actually, based on the personality type according to the Chinese zodiac. Oh, very cool. So should we start with us because we know us and then we'll kind of go into some other people's places. So we are both snakes. Yes, we are. So what does the snake mean? So I'm just going to read here from this article that I wrote. Intense and passionate, snakes possess an air of mystery. They are intuitive, shrewd, and philosophical and often possess great wisdom and a gift for divination. And then, okay, so th- that's in a very, very small nutshell, a few things about the snake. Yeah, so a gift of divination, what does that mean I'm able to do? It means you're able to see the future, maybe. Oh, a great. Little bit, a little I bit. wish I could because I have no idea what I'm going to be doing next year, but okay. <laughs> well, you need to focus and you need to harness that, harness that gift that all snakes have naturally. Okay, great. <laughs> now, do you have it written down in this article? Do you happen to know what years it is? Like how I would figure out what I am? Um, I, I can look it up really quickly. We know what we are just because, I mean, not everybody knows what they are. You know, I only know that I, what I am is because I used to eat at this one Chinese food place in college all the time and it was on the placemats. Oh, that's cool. So it's, as you may know, the Chinese Zodiac is not by month, it's by year. It's not January 1st to January 1st, obviously. It's the Chinese New Year Day, which I want to say is February 16th. Somebody correct me if I'm not right, but it's sometime in mid-February. And I'm looking for a chart to try to see, but you know, you can find it very easily. Instead of me listing off all the years, which is going to take too long and be boring, a little hint, if if you're born in 1977, you're a snake. <laughs> yeah, we and know that. If you were born in 1942, I just know this because my mom, sorry, mom, I didn't mean to give away your age. But you, If you were born in 1942, you are a horse. <laughs> Those are the only ones I know. And if you don't know much about the Chinese horoscope, it does keep coming back around. It's not like there are infinite animals right. for every single year. Like it's not like in 96, you're an antelope. And in 97, you know, you're a hedgehog. There are 12 signs, just like in the Western Zodiac. There are 12 signs. And so it's, it's cyclical. So. All right. So we're going back to the snake just because you got to start with what you know. Right. So I thought, okay, snakes are philosophical they're intuitive they're mysterious so what would be an interesting place 
considering that and I thought of San Clemente Church. Mm, which we've talked about a little bit, but tell me. Yeah, and specifically the Mithraeum. So it could be any Mithraeum in the city. It doesn't have to be the one at San Clemente, but that's the most famous one, and that's the one I know best. Mithraism is, very briefly, a religion, a, a cult religion that was practiced. I think it's a Syrian religion. No, sorry, it's a Persian religion, and it was eventually brought to Rome around the same time that Christianity actually became popular in Rome in the first century AD. And it was practiced for about two centuries until eventually it was sort of put down when Christianity became the official religion. Put down how? It was, well, it was outlawed. Oh. Yeah, it was outlawed. All pagan religions were outlawed eventually, not right away, but Christianity sort of became dominant and then took over altogether. But um, I chose a Mithraeum because Mithraism is a very mysterious religion in that we, it's actually called a mystery cult because they couldn't write anything down. They couldn't, the people who were the initiates of this religion could not talk about it to anyone who was not part of the religion. I think it was only men could be part of it. They were generally soldiers. They had secret meetings underground in these cave-like temples that were called Mithraeums. And there's a church, the Church of San Clemente in Rome is built on top of one. And they had, you know, mystic symbols and they had, you know, these different stages of initiation. It was very mystic and very mysterious and very kind of otherworldly. And so I thought that a snake would appreciate visiting a Mithraeum. Not to mention that it's underground. Not that snakes are underground, but they are on the ground. Well, yeah, maybe... I feel like snakes live... Yeah, they're they're down low. They're they not. live in tunnels, don't they? Yeah, that sounds right. Somebody correct me. Some live on cliff sides. So, yeah, I guess snakes live all over the place. You don't have a fear of snakes, do you? I do not. I mean, if there was a poisonous snake coming towards me, I would not be happy about that. But I don't have this phobia of snakes that, like, I have of spiders. Totally harmless spider. Like, I can't bear it. I don't even want to look at it. Even if I know it can't hurt me. A snake, if, it, if I know it's harmless, I'm happy to have it. Even, like, around my neck. I don't mind. All right. So what do about... You, do you fear snakes? No, no, no. I like, I like all creatures. All creatures. I can't really think of one that I... There are certain ones I wouldn't want to have a bed full of cockroaches or something like that. <laughs> Just give me nightmares for a week, Katie. But, you know, if one runs across... Uh, although, you know, there was one time when I was staying in a house on the border between Texas and Mexico and I was starving and I went down into the this foreign kitchen. I was staying with these people I didn't even know I don't really know how that came about but I walked down to the kitchen just to see if I could find something and there was a cockroach licking a knife next to the sink oh my licking I've never like <laughs> looked at a cockroach that closely to like be able to see its tongue well, I was making licking motions oh with God. its head you you're really I uh, I okay. can't deal with this but no now. in general I don't I'm not too so that grossed you out well it made me think do I really want to eat anything in this kitchen? No. I should also say I'm not all creatures. I'm not a big fan of the wood tick. Well, who is? <laughs> I mean, jeez, Katie. Okay, so, but going to other things we know, we know that this particular year is the year of the dog. Yeah, 2018 is the year of the dog. And dogs are very straightforward. They're faithful. They're courageous. They're warm-hearted. They are the most generous and giving of all the signs. So my recommendation to dog signs, if you were in Rome, was to go shopping for your friends back home. <laughs> so that's maybe not as, as interesting uh, from a tourist point of view. But I was trying to keep the article light, Katie. So I named, I kind of just gave a bunch of suggestions of where people could go shopping. But I did, when I was researching this article, I did read that because it's the year of the dog and the dog is such a positive sign that it's supposed to be a good year for people. Yeah. And so far, how do you think people feel about 2018? I think they're just happy 2017 is over. Right. 
And we're still not judging 2018. Now, I kind of find actually shopping in Rome to be kind of a pain in the butt because it's always so busy, so crowded, and there's so many shopping districts that are so extremely expensive. Is there anywhere that is actually fun to shop in Rome? I hate shopping in Rome, too. I hate it, and I'm not a person who hates shopping in general. Like, I love shopping in America, (laughs) but I hate it here. But my reason for hating it is because, A, the shopkeepers are unfriendly, B, nothing is ever on sale unless it's like two times a year and then the crowds are ridiculous and there's no point in going. And C, I find it also more expensive than it should be. The middle range shops are more expensive than the quality that they're made of deserves. If that's a very weird way of saying it. But obviously, if, if you go to Prada, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money. But if you go to Zara or... Mango, I mean, I know those are Spanish brands, but the middle of the line brands. H&M. H&M, also not Italian brand, but like Max Mara, I guess, is an Italian brand. Like they're just more expensive than they should be for the quality. Gotcha. Plus, I don't like the styles of Italian clothes, so. But it does stand to reason that the year the dog, I see the connection, you know, they would bring something back. It's like fetching. Yeah, exactly. That's, that was my thinking there. Thinking of the other people back home. Yeah. The people who don't get to go on the adventure, like Derek. I already bought Derek a couple things, but... His birthday is also right around the corner, so I don't know if he actually gets anything when I get home. <laughs> All right, so where do we want to go so from here? Let's go to the pig. Um, uh, yeah, so pigs are honest, gallant, tolerant. You wouldn't think of a pig as being gallant, but apparently they are. I love the idea of a gallant pig. Yeah, they're tolerant, they're optimistic, and they're trusting. So it's no wonder they make excellent friends. And good bacon. Katie! <laughs> For a creature lover, see, I would never, ever eat a pig. And not just because I don't eat red meat, but I think pigs, they're so intelligent as well. And they really suffer when they're slaughtered. It's, its if you've ever... Oh boy, this, is, this episode's going to be like dark. Yeah, if you've ever seen... I haven't seen it, witnessed it personally. I've seen a video, a hidden video in a slaughterhouse, but its it's a really hard thing. So I, I could never, ever, ever eat a pig, even though... Even though as a vegetarian, when I smell bacon cooking, I, I am kind of like, mm, that yeah. smells good. <laughs> it's like a natural human instinct. I did have this wonderful time when Derek and I were on a road trip in Italy where we pulled into one of the Autostrada, Autogrill, horrible side of the road places and this giant truck of baby pigs pulled in. Live? Live. Oh my God. But the thing that was so great about it, you know, besides the fact that, you know, these pigs were heading to God knows what, was that they all were so bright and curious, happy, you know, and everybody was walking over and being like, ooh, pigs, pigs. And they were like, oh, hi, hi. You know? Oh, little Wilbers. Yeah, little Wilbers. Anyway, so sorry, that was a dark turn. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> the trusting and optimistic pig. Well, um, so I only said the good characteristics of the pig. The, the negative ones, I guess, you could call this negative. It's not that negative. It's that they have a tendency to be lazy. And they adore rest and relaxation. So considering the fact that they like rest and relaxation and they make good friends, I thought that a good idea would be for a pig to take their best friend and go to a spa. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, and I suggested Aqua Madre Hamam, which is where I was with Claudio last Sunday. And it's wonderful. It's a Turkish style spa. It's a hammam. So you go in, you lie on like the big marble heated stones and you get nice and warm. You like throw water on yourself. It's very luxurious. And you rub this sort of soapy type of substance on yourself. And then you go into the steam room 
and you just sweat and then you go back and forth between this sort of warm space and really hot space and then one of the people there like scrubs you down with a really really abrasive scrubbing mitt and they get all your dead skin cells off and then you relax in a sort of tepid pool it's really quite nice that sounds good is it extremely expensive if you do just that what i described without getting any extra treatments or massages it's 60 euros Okay. And it lasts about two hours. And afterwards you relax and they bring you a cup of peppermint tea. So it's a nice experience. It's a nice thing to do every once in a while, especially this time of year when you're just coming out of winter and you want to get all those dead skin cells off for the spring. All right. What's the name of the place again? It's Aqua Madre. I should also mention that we will post this article in the show notes when we actually post it. I have to admit, I have been dying for like an actual therapeutic massage. But it's one of those things as a non-native Italian speaker that seems daunting. Yeah, don't don't bother trying to get a really hardcore massage here because they don't really do it. Like, I mean, you could probably find someone if you looked, but you'd have to know where to go. If you go to an esthetician, they're going to give you a very relaxing massage or like an anti-cellulite massage. That's about all you're going to get. All right, fair enough. All right, so moving on. What are we so doing now? The next, tiger? Um, no. Sorry. No, we're going to go to the rat next. Ooh. All the barnyard creatures. Yeah, so again, people who are members of the rat sign might when they discover that kind of think oh i don't want to be a rat i'd want to be a tiger but actually the rat has some great characteristics the rat is witty spirited and imaginative they are clever materialistic and often wealthy and they love to surround themselves with art and beauty i love that they're materialistic yeah. because you wouldn't think of that for a rat but it's actually a pretty good observation they are collectors yeah exactly they do build extremely elaborate nests mm-hmm so my suggestion for rats would be to go to the Borghese Gallery. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because they love beauty and visual beauty. And the Borghese Gallery is probably one of, if not the most beautiful museum in the world, I would say. It's a gorgeous Baroque villa that basically belonged to a very wealthy Roman nobleman and cardinal. And he just had this amazing art collection. So there's Caravaggio there, there's Bernini, Raphael, Tifshin, Dominichino, plus just the villa itself is, is gorgeous. And there's some ancient antiquities there too. Some ancient antiquities, that's redundant, Tiffany, very good. Um, so there's some ancient sculptures, is what I meant to say. Very nice. Is that a hard gallery to get into? No, it's not. You just need to book ahead. I mean, if you're coming to Rome in very high, high season, I would say book like well ahead, like a couple weeks ahead um maybe even a month ahead if it's like the middle of you know june or july or something but definitely a few days any time of year it's a good idea to call a few days ahead you get a two hour window which is actually quite nice i think because i think two hours is the perfect amount of time to be in a museum any longer than that you start to drag and also means that there's never too many people in there at once how do they know if you've been there too long uh, because it's kind of like a one-way track kind of and once you finish they just kick everybody out before they let anybody else in oh, interesting all right how do you feel about rats i hate them <laughs> hate them how can they're witty they're clever they're I, I like i like people who are rats I, I meant the actual rats no i don't like rats but they're so smart i know but they scare me i'm sorry i don't like vermin they're not vermin though I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I just don't like them. Sorry. Probably train it to do your taxes. <laughs> Maybe not. I can do my own taxes. I'm actually quite good at it. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on. Who are we going to now? We've got the ox. Yeah. The strongest sign, persistent, straightforward, industrious, and patient with an unrelenting will and staying power. Yeah. Hard to move like a big rock. Yes, that's true. I didn't think about that. 
But people like this, I would assume, people who fall into this category, when they do travel, which maybe they don't travel very often, but when they do, they want to see everything and they want to do everything because they're very industrious. So I came up with a small list of things that a lot of people in Rome who come as tourists don't actually do because they don't feel that they have enough time to do that. So we're assuming that maybe these people could whisk through the Colosseum, the Vatican, because they're going to be like, all right, up at seven, go here, go here, go here. And they're going to have some extra time. Yeah. Okay. So here is my shortlist. And these are by no means hidden gems or things that are super far off the beaten track. These are just things that I think are very important sites, but that nevertheless, a lot of people miss because there's simply so much to see. And they are the Capitoline Museums. Are the ones kind of right in the center? Yeah, they're right on the Capitoline Hill between the Forum and the Altar of the Fatherland, what they call the... The wedding cake. Wedding cake typewriter, yeah, whatever you want to call it. My favorite museums in the city, museum in the city. The Basilica of St. Paul's Outside the Walls, Mm -hmm. which happens to be right next door to my office, which is a really gorgeous basilica in the second biggest in Rome. The Galleria Doria Pamphili, which you love. And Palazzo Barberini, which is another great museum that a lot of people don't have time to go to. It has that wonderful painting of Raphael's woman. Oh, that's not, I was thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, the, the Baker Girl. I love that painting I so much. I love it too. It's so beautiful and sensuous. And it's so much better in person. Yes. I also love Judith and Holofernes by Caravaggio that's oh. there. That's that's that one painting is worth a visit to the, the Palazzo Barberini. Yes, if you need to see a beheaded man in graphic detail by Caravaggio it's in the process of being beheaded right good point Mm -hmm. even grosser yeah it's really really well done great expression yes I love it next we have the tiger the tiger and the dragon are the signs that like everybody wants to be and why do you think that is I think they're because they're like the most powerful and the most romantic and the most I don't know so interesting because they are so many of the signs are so common you know it's like common rats or the ox or whatever the the sheep sheep, the snake and then there's the tiger and the dragon and we we missed the dragon by just a hair just a hair did we is it right i did oh you did yeah i did and i'm all the way in august but you're in february so you could have been a dragon by like a few days so we'll have to when we get to the dragon we'll have to compare it to the description of the snake and see if i fit one better than the other you're on the cusp between dragon and snake all right but we're doing tiger here tigers are brave powerful valiant and charismatic but they can also be cruel forceful and terrifying terrifying (laughs) well i mean if you think about a tiger so these are the serial killers Probably, yeah, probably. So I thought the perfect thing for a tiger person to do would be to go to the Colosseum, but go underground where the gladiators used to like be off stage, basically, where the gladiators used to be waiting to go on. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Sounded like a a gladiator, you know, someone who's who's valiant and charismatic, but also terrifying (laughs) and cruel. So they have tours now where you can not just walk through the regular part of the Colosseum, but actually go underground there were trap doors down there. There were even elevators, you know, manually, obviously, pulled elevators that would carry the dead bodies away to be disposed of. And I also wanted to mention that really close to the Colosseum, most people miss it, but it's just across the street on Via Labicana is the Ludus Magnus, which is the ruins of an ancient barracks and training ground that the gladiators used. It is kind of interesting to think people were actually watching people fight to the death for sport. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? No, I couldn't handle that. I can't even handle that in the movies when it's fake. And so no, I couldn't have handled that. Uh, Such a different time. Yeah. Hi, 
Katie Bussing in here to take a moment to thank the Beehive Hostel for their support of the Bittersweet Life podcast. The Beehive is Rome's homiest and most chill hostel since 1999. It's a sanctuary in the midst of the bustling city of Rome. And if you're planning a trip there, be sure to meet Steve and Linda when you go. Seek out the Beehive Hostel. It's social, it's eco-conscious, it's comfortable. Trust me, I've been staying there, and you should too. Back to the show. So next we have the rabbit. And I want to say that Claudio might be a rabbit. He's either a rabbit or a sheep. I can't quite, can't quite remember. One of the docile creatures. Yes. They're gentle, sensitive, compassionate, amiable, and lighthearted. Yet they crave speed and distance. And they cannot bear monotony. And they often feel the need to escape reality. Mm. So my idea for the rabbit would to take a Liproto train and get out of town. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I, I've had enough. I'm yeah. out of here. So Liproto means hair. Uh, so it was perfect. So the Liproto <laughs> is a name of a train from the Italo train company. Uh, it's not the Italian state train. It's the other one. It's like the competitor. And their fast train is called the Liproto or the hair. And I thought that was perfect. So uh, it's, it said in the research that I was doing that it's the fastest train in Europe. I don't know. You'll have to check that out. It sounds hard to believe that Italy would have the fastest train in Europe, but you never know. And so I thought that, um, you know, they could take off and go see other parts of the country. Yeah, that's a good idea. Here we go. Dragon. All right. So dragons represent authority, dignity, honor, success, and luck. And they have great ambitious, ingenious personalities, and they tend to be perfectionists. When they meet with difficulties, they are rarely discouraged. Yeah, it's definitely not me. <laughs> My idea here was that they should go to the Sistine Chapel because to me, uh, Michelangelo sounds like he might have been a dragon. I don't actually know. I'd have to look up his birth date. I actually did look it up, but I, I couldn't get anything that went back as far, like oh. to 1475 or whenever it was that he was born. He would have had to do some serious math. Yeah, and I wasn't about to do that. So, but <laughs> I thought even if he isn't, you know, the point is that this, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel represents all of that. It represents daunting tasks that he had to have an unswerving dedication and will to be able to do that because he worked for four years, day and night in very difficult positions, both physically and mentally. It's really considered to be by some, the greatest achievement of all humanity, let alone all art. So yeah, if you're a dragon, go to the Sistine Chapel. I know you would go already, but keep in mind, you know, your destiny while you're there. <laughs> yeah, my, one of many amazing things that Michelangelo was able to accomplish in his mm-hmm. lifetime. Incredible. So next we come to the horse. Energetic, warm-hearted, cheerful, and popular. Horse signs love entertainment, large crowds, and being surrounded by friends. So my thought here was, if you're a horse, you should go to Testaccio for a night of dancing. You know, large crowds, entertainment, having fun, being with friends. Testaccio is a neighborhood just across the river from Trastevere, not towards the center, but sort of towards the southeast of the city. It's actually kind of a cool neighborhood in and of itself. It's very sort of working class, but has a lot of great restaurants and not really considered the historic center, but just two or three steps away from the historic center there's a hill in testaccio that's called monte di testaccio and it's made of broken shards of ancient amphorae or you know pottery yeah we've talked about yeah that basically it's very close to um an old port of ancient rome where 
things used to be shipped into the city and they would obviously transfer the oil or what was ever in these vessels. And then when they didn't need them anymore, they would just throw them in this huge heap. And it eventually became sort of covered over and they just covered it and paved it and made it into a hill. And <laughs> there's all these like thousands and thousands of shards of ancient pottery under there. This is sort of what our plastic dump yards will be like someday. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It's not quite as romantic, though. No, not as romantic, but maybe it will be uh, 2,000 years from now. Perhaps. You never know. Next, we come to the sheep. I think Claudio is a sheep, actually. Um, So they're gentle, polite, kind-hearted, and they're particularly sensitive to art and beauty. And we often have deep faith in religion and a fondness for quiet living. So my thought here would be to go to the tiny little, very calm and quiet church of San Carlino alle Quattro Fontane. Where's that? I think you've been there, Katie. It's up on the Quirinal Hill. It's very close to Palazzo Barberini, actually. So it's near Piazza Barberini, if you want to find that on a map. And it's this tiny, tiny, tiny little church designed by my favorite architect, Francesco Borromini, uh, designed in the 1630s. And it's it's just a little gem. It's tiny. It's literally, if you've ever stood in St. Peter's Basilica and you're standing under, there's a huge dome. In the four corners of the dome are these huge pillars that support the dome and you can walk around them and they've got like paintings on all sides and there's these gigantic things that church is the size of one of those pillars the entire church wow to give you, to give you perspective and it's got an, a beautiful oval shaped dome it's all white it's just very simple sublime and lovely i think sometimes being in a church like that is much more spiritually it causes more reverence sometimes than those huge gigantic churches do. Well, some of the huge gigantic churches seem like a whole clash of a whole bunch of different types of marble. And, you know, like, you know how some seem to go together and some you're just like, what in the world is going on in here? So many different things and so many different takes on stuff. Mm -hmm. This one goes very well because it was just designed by one guy. It looks really good. So go to San Carlino alle Quattro Fontane, even if you're not a sheep. And next we have the monkey. And I'm pretty sure Aurelio is a monkey. I'm going to have to check that out. But I think 2015 is a monkey. Um, So monkeys are clever, innovative, creative, intelligent, almost to the point of erratic genius. Uh, They excel at problem solving and they have a strong desire for knowledge. There's an exhibit on, and actually this might be out of date because I don't know if this exhibit is on anymore. But there was an exhibit at the Maxi Museum which was called Gravity Imaging the Universe After Einstein. So it was kind of an exhibit about both art and science and how they kind of interact with each other. So check that out. It might still be on. And another idea was the Leonardo da Vinci Experience, which is a museum that recreates Leonardo's studio and they have reproductions of his most famous inventions and some of his works of art. So I thought that erratic genius, problem-solving, desire for knowledge sounded like uh, a little bit like da Vinci. And so that made me think of him and that museum. And really, the Maxi Museum always has innovative, more modern takes on different topics or art or photography or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it is Maxi, M-A-X-X-I, literally stands for the Museum of Art from the 21st century. It's the newest, most up-to-the-minute art and ideas. Very, very good if you like that type of stuff. Well, moving on to Rooster. (laughs) Last sign, we have the Rooster. So the Roosters are the most punctual and precise of all the signs. Up at 4 a.m. Yeah. They're also energetic, capable, and self-sufficient. They love to be up with the sun. So I thought a rooster sign should get up early and go for an early morning run. Now, see, I see people running around Rome, and I always feel like it's just one step away from a turned knee or ankle. 
I mean, you got to be careful where you run. Don't run it's on like the cobblestone. cobblestone. No. I don't think anyone runs. I mean, maybe they do, but I've seen it. Really? I've seen it just a couple days ago. Jeez, I, I would never, ever run on cobblestones. But they recently judged Rome as being the greenest city in Europe. It, what? I know. It sounds crazy, but think about it. Have you ever looked at a map and seen how big Villa Pamphili is? Villa Pamphili is a giant park in Rome, just in case you're wondering. It's literally the size of the entire historic center of Rome. If you look at a map, you can see it. Then there's another enormous park called Villa Ada, which it's almost as big. It's to the north of the city. There's Villa Borghese, which is the most famous. It's a bit smaller. There are, I would say, more than a dozen, if not 20 different villae or parks, big parks in the city. We're not talking about just the center of Rome. We're talking about the entire greater Rome area. Everything within the city limits. I'm within the city limits, believe it or not. Way out here. I'm way out here, but I am within the city limits, which is like the ring road. So if you consider everything inside the Roman ring road, it is the greenest per capita in Europe. I know it's crazy, but it is. It's crazy because it's also, for instance, take the Villa Borghese, right? Which is a big park that's in the center of town. But it's so paved and manicured and gravelly and the amusement park rides and m- motorbikes it just doesn't have that feeling of a big open green area central park. yeah central park or like an arboretum it doesn't have that sort of forested green area type well, feeling okay. to it you need to go to villa ada villa ada is the wildest of all of the villas and it's it's like that it's like feel i even feel like villa pamphili sometimes feels like the countryside like that big valley in the middle yeah it does it's really wild parts of it okay let's stand corrected <laughs> so that's it guys go look up what you are yeah and go then- to the show notes see where all these places are plan your trip to rome if you're not here I've also or included in the uh, in the article i've included images in roman art of all of these animals now a couple things i couldn't find i couldn't find a monkey so i have a painting of a girl with a monkey and it's not in rome And then a couple of the mosaics. I think this mosaic of a rooster is not from Rome. But anyways, I have all of the animals depicted in art. Most of the art is in Rome. Yeah. Maybe if you're not planning a trip to Rome, you should somehow... It would be kind of an interesting experiment of wherever you are, whatever you find your sign to be, to try to figure out some sort of day activity that somehow fits what your sign is as a way of trying something new and uh, let us know what they are. Maybe we could share some of the ideas. Yeah, and I think I'm going to do another version of this article, but with the Western horoscope. Oh, good idea. Because more people are familiar with that horoscope. That sounds great. Let's leave it there, shall we? Let's do it. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks to Stackery for supporting this program. Stackery is the global leader in international parcel forwarding from the United States. With Stackery, even though you live abroad, you can shop at your favorite U.S. retailers at prices up to 80% less than directly from the store. Stackery also provides free storage, same-day consolidation of your package, and a tax-free U.S. mailing address. As a Bittersweet Life listener, you can save 10% off your first shipment. Just visit stackery.com and use the coupon code MANJA. That's M-A-N-G-I-A. Thanks also to the listeners who've donated to keep this show going. We can't do it without you. If you haven't yet, visit thebittersweetlife.net and click the Donate button. Any amount donated will be rewarded with a handwritten thank you note and our huge thanks. Thanks for being with us. 
If you're taking a trip to Rome sometime soon, don't forget that Tiffany is an excellent tour guide. You can find out more information and even book her on a tour. Just visit tiffany-parks.com. That's tiffany-parks.com. And if you have any trouble finding it, just send us an email at bittersweetlife at mail.com. And we'll get you connected. 